Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Welcome, everybody. Uh, you know, all the listeners, if you're watching live on YouTube as well. Um, if you're not watching live on YouTube, then, uh, you know, come and find the channel, Cop On Podcast on YouTube. I'm very excited to be joined by the legend, the man, the myth, and the legend, Grizz Khan. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well, my friend. Thank you very much for having me on. I know we've been trying to plan this for months, but it's great, great to be on with you. Well, the best things in life are worth waiting for, as they say. Um, although I don't feel that way when the, when the pizza's in the oven. Um, I wanted to, to, to be there immediately. But no, it's a pleasure, absolute pleasure. Let's, uh, let's um, you know, take it back a bit. I mean, you're, you're something of um, you know, a, a well-known Liverpool fan. I mean, you know, you've, you've, you've been on different TV shows. You've been, you know, is it? Well, I'll start about about that, actually. Is it sometimes a bit annoying uh, because you're out there as a public figure, not a public figure as such, but, you know, like you're, you're quite, you're, you're well known as, as, as a Liverpool fan. And, you know, to, to get like, you know, people insulting you with the trolling and all that nonsense that everybody has to deal with if they're, if they reach, you know, a certain level of, you know, fame, so to speak, you know, does it ever annoy you or, or is it water of a duck's back these days? <laughs> so first and foremost, I just don't see myself as, as, as any of, of, of sort of, as fame as such type thing, but I know what you mean. And it's, it's just because of the social media thing, isn't it? You, you put yourself out there um, and you take the, the plaudits and you're humbled by the, glory so to speak but then in the same sentence you have to accept not your not everyone's going to like your content or your opinions or your takes so it's part and parcel of, of of sort of life i guess in every field this happens right not just sort of in the fan media um in the fan media world so yeah look i must admit i struggled in the in the in the in the, in the early days as my as my account, so to speak, was growing, you know, I don't know what which other way to put it, <laughs> but but the fact that um, the fact that you sort of, I suppose, get used to it, which is not a nice thing to say, but you do. Is for me now, it's more of water of ducks back, unless it's really targeted and really personal hatred. I don't, I don't really take offense to it. I just turn a blind eye, block, and move on, or mute and move on, as the case may be. But it's a really, it's a very, very sensible way uh, to, to look at it. And, and if there are any haters out there, then take a good look at yourselves and, you know, get a life instead of insulting people online. Uh, because I think it's, it's brilliant. I think your channel's great. What's been going on with your, with your channel and, you know, uh, uh, on YouTube and stuff, Grizz? What's going on? It's, it's going well. It's just going on. I mean, I'm, I've only started it in October, November last year. So, what, seven, eight months into it? Um yeah, it's growing nicely, Owen. Thank you very much for asking. Um, it's I've, I've never concentrated my own channel. I've been, I've always sort of done bits for for other fan media channels and sort of other other media outlets, fan media outlets, uh, which I still am. Of course, I'm still part of Ninety Minutes, um, of course, the Big Six Show. Um, but I decided to make my own channel, and uh, yeah, it's going not too bad, Owen. Thank you very much. It's it's. Uh, I'm still, the problem I have, <laughs> the problem I have with running my own channel is I'm so not tech savvy. 
So all the editing and all the bits and bobs that you'd really need to be clued on about, I'm so not. And so therefore, I rely on people helping me. Um, so yeah, that's the only downside of that. But it's doing well. It's, it's going very well. Um, and long may it continue, hopefully. Indeed, long may it continue. And, and do check it out in case there are any listeners out there who, who haven't subscribed to Grizz's uh, YouTube channel, then please do, because it's great stuff, great guests. I really enjoyed, for example, the other day when I was listening and watching uh, your chat with the West Ham fan. I thought that was really entertaining. But let's go, let's go back to, to, to you and, and your, your um, you know, how you got into um, supporting Liverpool. So who were your first Liverpool heroes? Oh, there was there was one main like heroes become obviously become later, but there's always one hero, isn't there? That kind of just gets you sort of you know to that point where you support Liverpool and it's the only team for you. And that was Johnny Barnes, John Barnes. Um, of course, that gives my age away probably, uh, but it is what it is. John Barnes was my ultimate hero. I mean, I that's he's the, he's the he's the he's the fella that made me fall in love with Liverpool. And then of course. When he joined us, you know, he joined the likes of the, the, the Aldridge. And I mean, even before that, to be honest with you, I, I, I had a very, I had a, had a very, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? A relationship with Jan Moby because, because my, my playing style, a lot of my friends would tell you was quite a bit of Jan Moby in terms of not only physique, physique wise looking like him, but in terms of, more the technical passing side of things. So Jan Moby, but then definitely John Barnes kind of cemented my uh, my support for the, the Mighty Reds. Me too, John Barnes, absolutely. Um, you Amazing. know, I'm I'm half Welsh as well, so it was Ian Rush. Um, I just loved his his deadly killer instinct. But let's say, for example, there are some youngsters listening to this, as I'm I'm sure there there are. Um, and, you know, to talk about John Barnes, um, I sort of had it with Suarez in 13-14 as well, where you it's before kickoff, it's it's an hour before kickoff and, and you're building up to kickoff and you just can't wait to see this player play football. And it was the same when I was a kid with John Barnes and it was the same in 13-14 with Luis Suarez as well where you just don't know what they're going to do. But how would you explain, like, what John Barnes, you know, what John Barnes was, you know, if there was a younger listener there? What what, what qualities did he have? What, what did you love about him? Enjoyment. The, just the thrill of watching someone play the game, play the beautiful game, so to speak. So, look, it's one of those ones where football for us is an enjoyment, right? It's a hobby. We enjoy it. We look forward to sort of, the weekend, as the case usually used to be, not you know, not play every two, three days, but sort of hard weeks work, right? Or hard weeks study, as the case was for me. And you look forward to sort of your team playing and then and then you look out for the special players in your team and the ones that bring a smile to your face, the ones that make you stand up every time he gets the ball, um, the ones that make you think, I wish I could do that. I wish I could... I wish I could play the way he plays because that, because if I could play, I, I would love to be, I'd love to play like that. And that's the best way of, of sort of describing John Barnes. He was so elegant, uh, effortless. Everyone else would be sweating and running around and crunching tackles and heading the ball. And then the ball would suddenly 
get to John Barnes and suddenly everything would slow down, you'd think. And you'd think, how has this happened? But that's the beauty, that's the magic of these players, even even obviously now and in, in, in a game in a, in a day and age where the game has gone so quick, so fast, you still get the special players that find time on the ball and suddenly the, the game seems slower. Well, that was John Barnes. I'd say, I mean, I know every club has their players where they say they were ahead of the time, but John Barnes definitely was ahead of his time. He certainly was an elegant, you know, is a great is a great adjective to describe him. I mean, it was it was the grace and the elegance he played with, wasn't it? It was just it was it was mind blowing, absolutely wonderful. Um, yes, and good shout for Jan Mulby as well. Another very elegant midfielder, wonderful stuff. Um, but yeah, okay, and bringing it sort of more um, into what you know how you got started with 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 podcasting and stuff. I remember you on. LFC Day Trippers, was that how you started off and how did all that start? No, it was before that, actually. My first ever podcast was <laughs> 2018, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, Anfield Road Wolves um, was my first nice title. Yeah, great. Yeah, Anfield Road Wolves was the first one with a, with a young man who's very prominent on the fan media circuit and the YouTube circuit by the name of Craig. Um, so me and Craig started off the Anfield Road Wars. He's part of Anfield Agenda now, so I don't mind giving you oh, free yeah, exposure. Yeah, yeah. So, so, me and, so me and Craig were, were, were started off the Anfield Road Wars. And that, that sort of, you know, we'd done that for about six months. A uh, bit of fun, a bit of good laugh. Um, but we decided to go our separate ways for whatever reasons. We're still chat. We're still fine. Um, and yeah, look, podcasting. I just love talking football and, and, and people... People used to say to me on Twitter, well, you know, why don't you just make this a, a more of a hobby in terms of tweeting it? Why don't you just speak? Um, and I thought, okay, well, let's, let's try speaking on it. And then just a group of lads um, um, from the LFC Day Trippers reached out to me at the time um, and said, do you fancy coming on our podcast? We've got a podcast because the LFC Day Trippers. And I said, Let's give it a shot, and and so therefore uh, I joined them, and we had a we had a mad, an absolute mental, mental year and a half, stroke two years, which was which was a lot of fun, must admit. Yeah, great stuff. And Craig's another one who gets all kinds of pelters and you know things online, and you know lay off him. What's he done to you? You know these people. I mean, it's so it's so simple. It's 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 like you either <laughs> like someone's content or you don't, and if you don't. Don't watch it. Don't listen to it. Don't exactly. follow them. Get exactly. on their own <laughs> They're not asking you or we're not asking you. I don't ask you or force you to follow me or listen to me or believe me or do anything. Live your lives. You, I'm sure you've got interesting lives, far more interesting things to do than troll someone or, or call out someone or whatever <laughs> you call it or, or try to cancel someone as, as the case may be you know I'm sh otherwise maybe your lives are not as interesting as you think and then the guys <laughs> that you're talking about are far more interesting than you maybe 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 indeed maybe indeed but we've got other things to talk about than the Absolutely. trolls i just uh so uh, you know dave dave is in the chat dave's nfc chats is in the house um, he says, all right, lads, from Sunny Salu, which I Googled yesterday, is in is in Spain. Hope you're having a lovely holiday, Dave. He's put the beer emoji, so maybe he is. And uh, <laughs> he, he says, uh, John John Barnes, for me too, is also was also his hero. He got so many people into, 
into loving our team. But now, of course, I mean, I talked about, you know, the feeling I got about, about John Burns and, and Luis Suarez before the match. Now I sort of get it before every match about all of our players because I love them all. I mean, if you just think about all of them, Virgil van Dijk, just pick a position on the team and we've got absolute beauties there and, you know, maybe two or three in, in, in all positions. So this season, this year, um, I thought I'd ask you about the um, uh, uh, the team in a in in, in a particular way. Uh, I'm going to start with giving you a choice of two players, okay? And you're going to have to tell me. You can't sit on the fence. You can't say both. You're going to have to tell me who's going to have a bigger season, okay? Carvalho or Elliot to begin with. Who's going to have a bigger season in your opinion? And uh, you know why? Oh, and that's quite the question. Sorry, it's because, really hard, isn't it? Sorry. <laughs> because I tell you why for me personally, because I may have to to change my opinion. I may have to slightly contradict myself uh, according, uh, like compared to what I've been saying on my shows and on my podcasts and my tweets, because I've been I've been hyping up the young Cavalio to a level where some may say calm down, but I refuse to calm down, Owen. I refuse to calm why down. Should Fabio, you? No, why calm should you calm down? Get more excited. He's worth Fabio Fabio Carvalho for me, and I and I've been saying ever since we were linked with him, was gonna be one of the bargains of the season. People were gonna look back on this on this signing and say, did you really pay five million pounds for him? Uh, okay, we'll say seven million because he will achieve all the bonuses that he's set off to do or has been sort of assigned to do in the contract. Seven million will be looked upon as absolute daylight robbery, in my humble opinion. This guy is this guy was made to play for a Jurgen Klopp team, Owen, in my opinion. He's just fantastic. Um you add you add the skill levels, the, the the quickness of feet, the quickness of mind, as you showed the other day, with the way he headed the ball over the play. He knew what he was going to do before the ball had arrived. Um, that's a great sign for a young player. Uh, the quickness of feet, as I said, the, the, the quickness of thought, and add to that the tenacity and fight that Jurgen Klopp requires, demands, asks for his players. Uh, it's a deadly combination. Saying that, so far, Harvey Elliott has been the standout, the standout of preseason. I just think Harvey Elliott is ready to go to the next level. I was one of the very few idiots now, looking back, that thought Harvey Elliott may not have a long-term Liverpool career when he first arrived on the scene. Now, my, my excuse or however you want to look at it, is I didn't expect, because I'm not a coach, because I don't know football as much as Pep Linders and Jürgen Klopp, because I'm just a fan, I didn't envisage him uh, being being converted or given this role as an as a, as a eight-stroke inverted winger. I thought he was supposed to be, or I thought he was being lined up to be the understudy to Mohamed Salah on the right wing. And I didn't think his game was suited to that. But, wow, how wrong I've been since. And an absolutely 
no shame in holding my hand up and saying Harvey Elliott looks a player, a brand new revitalized player in that in this new role as an attacking eight on that right hand side, as a possible understudy to Naby Keita or, or Jordan Henderson, or at le- or at the very least competing with them. So, to answer your question, just for this season, as a result of Harvey Elliott being there a little bit longer than Cavalio, I just pip for Harvey Elliott. Not much in it, though. I think Cavalio will have an impact. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough question. That's a great answer. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I'm equally excited. I mean, more hyped than the Millennium Falcon hyperdrive about Carvalho and Elliot, about both of them. I mean, that it's. Um, I just can't wait to get going. I mean, the the uh, the international, uh, you know, the the summer. I mean, you've got the the women's Euros, which is great. You know, that's fantastic to watch. But I can't wait. To watch, you know, to watch our team again, you know, these these young guns in action. Um, okay, who's gonna have a big a bigger season? Back to that question, a difficult one again. Nunes or Luis Diaz? Darwin Darwin Starwin or Luis Diaz? <laughs> uh I'm expecting Luis Diaz to have a very, very much improved season. Now, some people may say Oh, but Chris, don't you think he was wonderful? Like you're you're suggesting an improved, improved sometimes could be construed as he wasn't as impressive or needs things to work on. But what I mean by that in terms, I meant in terms of output as opposed to sort of looking good and yeah, he made the impact that he did and we were, wow. He gave us the wow factor, didn't he? But I think in terms of output, he needs to improve because he's replaced a certain Sadio Mane who was the output king, wasn't he? Uh, After Mohamed Salah, there's no one more efficient than Sadio Mane, whether he was playing well or not. The numbers and the stats would suggest that season upon season, he would guarantee us, I don't know, I don't know the facts and stats off my top of my head, but 30 goals and assists or 20 to to 30 goals and assists guaranteed over a period of five, six years. Every yeah. single season, it was amazing. So there you go. So from that aspect, I think there will be more onus, um, and more, yeah, more onus on on Luis Diaz to perform from the offset. There will be a certain amount of pressure, but of course, we also know because of the price tag, there will be huge amounts of pressure. And we've seen the the, the silly side of social media and the way they've they've spoken about Darwin Nunes already. Um, just because of the fact that he's 80 million or whatever, there's going to be huge pressure on Nunes to perform from the offset. I think that the, I think I don't think there would have been that much pressure on him if Jota wasn't injured. I think that's been a one disappointing part of preseason because I genuinely think Jota would have probably started off uh, ahead of Nunes, and then Nunes would have been eased in as the as is the Klopp way. He doesn't care how much he doesn't care how much the guy cost. He would have eased him in and. He would have had to sort of train with the players and work out patterns of play and patterns of pressing. But I'm expecting a bigger season from Luis Diaz, Owen. Um, I genuinely think he needs to really raise the output as opposed to more so, more so than the performances before. He performed really well, outstanding performances. But the output, I'm really looking for, the, for those goals and assists and those actual stats to be stacked up. 
Yeah, the big the big numbers from from last season. I mean, he started the season, of course, um, in in the Primera Liga. He he had eighteen appearances in the Primera Liga in Portugal, fourteen goals and four assists. Um, and in the Premier League, 13 appearances for us, four goals and three assists. But he's been hit in the post. And if this is his, you know, adjustment period, uh, you know, he's only he's 25 years old. Um, you know, the next three, three or four years will be his prime. It, he should stop hitting the post and, and start banging them in. And, you know, it's it's going to be absolute joy to watch him. Um, some great comments coming in. Uh, Gary Rich has got the best uh, nickname for Darwin. Calls him Starwin. Starwin will hit the ground running. Absolutely, Gary. He will hit the ground running because, you know, those those trolls that you mentioned, those 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 fools from other club, clubs uh, who, uh, you know, put their compilation of uh, Darwin Nunes missing three chances, whatever it was, in in fifty one minutes of two preseason games, fifty one minutes. So, in other words, the other way of looking at it is, he in fifty one minutes he had three great chances, which is very, very. That's a great return if it's your first games of preseason and you get have three big chances in fifty one minutes, and then in forty five minutes. Against Leipzig, he 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 took his chances. So he, he had four, five chances. He scored four goals. So basically, you add it up, and it's about ninety minutes of football. It's four missed chances and four goals. And uh, I can't agree with you more, Gary. That Sterling will hit the ground running, and he's going to be absolutely mind-blowingly good. But not that we're going to put any pressure on him. You know, if he does a crouch, crouching. What was it? Crouching tiger, hidden goal mouth. Was that the the headline? He didn't he didn't score until October. If that happens, Mr. Wright will stay patient because it's a matter of time with with Darwin. Um, do you think our squad is missing anything, Grizz? You know, big talks about midfield, or are you happy to just sit back, put your slippers on, put your feet up, uh, and just let Klopp get on with it? Very much the latter, but but. Personally, if you ask me personally, my opinion, my layman's opinion, again, as a fan, just a fan, I'd, I'd be more comfortable if we had an extra, an extra body in midfield. Mm, that's just me talking without any insight into sort of the state of the other players that Jurgen Klopp has at his disposal, which he will know far, far more than any of us. But just just on the basis, look, Owen, we all love new shiny toys, don't we? You know, it is, it is the way it is. We, we like to sort of, it excites us. I mean, look how the excitement of Darwin Nunes, the excitement of when we signed Luis Diaz. And we know it will help the team as well. But I'm not doing it for that sake, for that, for that reason. It's not about a shiny toy. I just think, to me, I just don't think Jurgen Klopp, has full trust in Oxlade-Chamberlain. And that's the key one for me. It is so apparent Oxlade-Chamberlain was so available for the end of last season, sort of the last three, four months. The poor guy didn't get a look in. And you have to base it on sort of Jurgen Klopp preferred the other options. Now, if that's the case, that's absolutely fine. But, in, but if that is the case, then I, I would like another option in the squad that would enable Jurgen Klopp to have a tougher decision to make 
as opposed to pick the same three or four central midfielders. That's just the way I look at it. So look, if you're going to have, so for example, Harvey Elliott, I think we all agree is making a very strong case to be selected in a matchday squad or, or in a matchday 11, I should say. It was very apparent Oxlade-Chamberlain was behind the likes of Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones. And to put the pressure on Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones in a, in a season or in a, in, a, in a, at a time where we're messing with and we're competing with an absolute juggernaut in Man City, where the margins of error are so, so fine, I'd, I would like personally an extra midfielder of great quality um, that Jurgen Klopp trusts to be more competitive than Oxlade-Chamberlain. Now, that's not a slight on Oxlade-Chamberlain, or maybe it is, or maybe it's just reality. I, I, I feel as though we've moved on from, from Oxlade-Chamberlain. I think the injuries have hampered him. That's just my only, only gripe about the squad. I was literally looking at it last night, actually, and thinking, we're very good. We're very calm. We're very relaxed. Everything looks settled. That would be the only slight issue I would have, but it's not a big issue. And overall, I'm so happy to put on my slippers, as you said, kick back and, and just get ready to enjoy an absolute monumental season again. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really good answer. I, I, I know exactly where you're coming from. Personally, I've been, um, you know, banging the, the, the drum uh, for for a number six type midfielder, you know, as many fans have, because I I think Fabinho is is the best six I've ever seen uh, at Liverpool uh, by quite a distance as well. I absolutely love the guy, but um, after him, I don't see Hendo as being like a, an elite level latter stage of the Champions League number six. Um, if you look at last season, some of the goals we conceded and the games where we dropped points. Hendo played a lot of those games at number six. I think seven, seven out of eight of the draws that uh, Thiago Alcantara was not was injured for seven or out of eight of our draws last season, and Hendo stepped in for many of those games, and he was a little bit at fault if we're going to point fingers. And I love Jordan Henderson, but for me, he's an eight. Um, but it's it's difficult, Chris, because you know we've got eight. Uh, players, I think, if we count those, so it's Fabinho, Jordan Henderson, Harvey Elliott can play there uh, in midfield. Um, sorry, Fabinho, Henderson, Elliott, Thiago, of course, Naby Lad. Uh, who else? We've got Chamberlain, uh, um, the new guy Fabio Carvalho. Who else have we got? Don't don't forget your you on mute there. Sorry, Fabio Carvalho. I think possibly is an option That's as well. Yeah. Have you said Curtis Jones? Milner, Curtis Jones, that's nine. So we've got nine players that we've just counted off the top of our heads there that can all play in midfield. So what kind of profile would you like us to sign? If, I mean, as you say, it's just like a little preference. It's not something that you're adamant about. But, you know, if if you could choose, if you had an unlimited pot of money, uh, then, uh, you know, where would you, where would you start chucking it? I started off the season very much on the same wavelength as you started off sorry ended the season yeah possibly yeah possibly like sort of january february time when we start thinking towards what we could possibly do in the summer i was of the i shared the same opinion as you as you are in i have now changed that opinion as fans we're allowed to right we're not the oracle we're allowed to change and of course of course we exactly sometimes people absolutely sometimes people Sometimes people pull you up if you change an opinion. Oh, well, you said this. <laughs> I, I admit I said it. 
the facts, there's, there's evidence, there's photographic evidence or sound evidence that I did say it. Um, but we're allowed to change our mind. I was of the opinion that I would have preferred a six, as you say, a deputy stroke, uh, an able deputy stroke replacement or whatever, if Fabinho was ever arrested, whatever. I've now changed my opinion slightly, but I may change it again. If I ever get invited onto your show again, I may change it again. So disclaimer. But I now want a, I now would love a more box-to-box goal-scoring midfielder. I think one of the key weak, one of the only key weaknesses, very few weaknesses we've got in this team and this squad is, a, is, is goals from midfield. I think there's plenty of creativity in terms of Thiago, Nabilad, Curtis, Elliot, but none of them inspire me that they're going to score 10 plus goals. I know 10s may be asking for a lot, but I think there is a possibility of a player doing that in this great team. Yeah, but I think I go on. You know, just you know, sorry to drop, but uh, you know, like we mentioned that, that Fabio Carvalho can play there. And Elliot can play there uh, in in the sort of creative goal scoring and certainly lots of assists. I mean, Cavalier um, Fabi- could, could change my mind. So I'm ready and willing and admittedly I'm gambling here when I say Cavalli when I'm saying an eight and a goal scoring eight because Cavalio could be that Owen. I absolutely admit that. But I but the other guys just. I just don't think they inspire me, or maybe it's the role they're given by Jurgen Klopp. In fact, maybe I'm doing them a disservice. Maybe it's the way Jurgen Klopp wants them to play, and maybe that will change this season because I definitely think one of the eights will become far more attack-minded and given a far more attacking role. But that's just me personally. I think Henderson, again, this is where I disagreed with you, your opinion that you don't like Henderson in the six, you prefer him as the eight. I'm the total opposite. I prefer Henderson as the six. I don't think he's got the legs and the creativity to play in the eight going forward. I think he does a very able job and a very sensible the way he plays it. And in fact, in some games, in fact, in some games, just a few, I'd actually prefer him in the in the six, the Fabinho. Just a few. But I think he's I think his his passing is far more quicker. It can be. Uh, than Fabinho. Obviously, of overall, Fabinho is far better in the six. Absolutely, I'm not suggesting Henderson is better than Fabinho, but I think I prefer Henderson, especially at the age he's at and the amount of games he'd, he'd likely to be playing because one of the things about Henderson is he's asked to play far too many games and you can see that in his performances. It tails off. Um, and that's natural. And that's natural. He's played a lot of football. He's, he's not in the prime years um, in terms of age-wise as well. So therefore, I personally, I'd like a, a box-to-box, a younger version of a Henderson, a goal-scoring, someone who arrives in the box on the end of those pullbacks, so to speak. Well, I mean, I I think it's a, it's a great place for for opinions, and that's what it is. And uh, you know, I would love to see um, that that player. Uh, I mean, Jude Bellingham could be that player. You know, I I, I mean. Pfft. But yeah, I'm, I'm much like you. I'm just going to put it in Jurgen Klopp's uh, very safe and, and trusted and, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, full of a, a beer or whatever he wants. But he's in his hands, you know, like uh, if there's room for uh, for everything 
in there. We've got Johnny Retro in in the in the comments. He says two podcast legends. Well, I don't know about that, Johnny, but you're certainly a legendary watcher of YouTube. So well done, Johnny. Thank you very much. Um, it's great to have you with us. And Mick Moran is in the house. Yes, lads. Great to have you with us, Mick. Um, excellent stuff. Um, yeah. So we haven't got long. The this summer time is you know dragging like a zombie's foot um but you know we're we're happy with where we are of course we are um it's actually as we're recording this as we're going live it's it's uh 13 41 p.m here in france so that means that in 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 12 days time against fulham um will actually be 11 minutes into that match uh, it's a lunchtime kickoff that's the real big one the community shield win or lose i mean win is is good you know because win you can uh, enjoy the feeling of winning but lose and it's really doesn't matter fulham is the big one that's not even a question and alan in the chat uh, puts in a great um question he said who, who would Grizz put beside vvd ebu or his Alan's choice, Matip. Um, I think it depends on the game, right? People talk about, you know, it, for me in general, I would say Ebu because uh, Ebu, like as Alan says in his comment, Ebu's got speed. Um, but Joel is not Harry Maguire slow. No, Joel, you're right, Alan. Uh, Joel Matip is is fast enough, and he's he's a great defender, and I absolutely love Joel Matip as well. But against Fulham specifically, um, I don't think it matters because I think. Any of our centre backs alongside Virgil are going to be absolutely amazing against Mitrovic, for example. But I would probably play Ibu. I like his physicality. I like the way he passes the ball. I like his his uh, mentality. He loves a good scrap, and Mitrovic will give him a good scrap. But who would you go with, Grits? Mm, it's, the, it's, it's, it's probably one of the hardest selection choices for for Klopp and it'll probably be throughout the season because we've just got the most amazing set of centre-backs right now it's unbelievable you know we haven't even mentioned Joe Gomez the 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 fella that was probably from probably in, in my lifetime anyway watching Liverpool the best defence partnership defensive partnership with Virgil van Dijk I mean you know, the, the title-winning season was he was magnificent, absolutely magnificent absolutely. along Virgil. So we forget that he's pretty much pretty much back to his best by all accounts. You see him in training and you see some of the reviews they're getting from training and some of the comments and sort of some of his performances in training are just outstanding, apparently. He's literally back to his best, which is great to see. Absolutely love Joe Gomez. Um, and Joe Matip, what a legend. What a legend. I mean, there's nothing more to say than just what a legend for Joel Matip. And so, therefore, it's a very hard call when I, when I say that Ibu Kanate, for me, has cemented that number one uh, starting berth alongside Virgil van Dijk. And that is, that is some call to make. That is some position to be in for Ibu Kanate. So young, uh, only came to the club last season. In everything that he's achieved, um, he's won two trophies already. Reached the Champions League final at such a young age. What a what a what a what a what a what a, what a dream start to a what hopefully God willing will be a magnificent long career at Liverpool. But for me, Ibu Kanate just edges it. 
I totally agree. Uh, and a great answer. Yeah, excellent stuff, Chris. And uh, just a couple more things very quickly. Um, the first one is um, just about about sort of, you know, hearing things from the club. Because I've, I've seen you be a bit, you know, pretty early on a couple of, you know, breaking news stories from from the the club i'm not asking you to give away your sources or anything but do you have people who give you you know whispers from inside the football uh, world how the hell do i answer this um i'm privy i'm privy to certain things I like in you. certain situations um <laughs> but that's as far as it goes i haven't i haven't got anyone sitting there you know um on speed dial that sort of informs me the moment anything happens, but I'm privy to certain situations. Um, obviously the most, most recent famous uh, uh, being privy to a certain situation was the Mohammed Salah deal, which I was pretty certain about in terms of what was happening and behind the scenes. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things there that, you know, you, you're fortunate to know people as opposed to be a know it all you know know-it-alls type thing and you're just lucky to know know-it-alls or know something about something and and it just comes from there but yeah um that's that's all i'm prepared to say i guess at the moment yeah i'm not asking you to give away who, who, who or any of your sources or who these people are at all yeah no i mean i can i can sort of vaguely say that i have uh you know, quite a lot of contacts because I teach English in, in the football industry as well uh, sometimes. And uh, so, uh, you know, the reason I'm supporting France, for example, in, in the women's Euros is because uh, some of those players were my students uh, a couple of years ago for, for a couple of years. So, I mean, it's, it's nice to have that. But, uh, you know, I've got I know lots of people who work in football in France, but I'm not going to say who they are and I'm not going to say who I'm in with and stuff but absolutely even, i mean it's, it's always like that sorry, sorry but i just i was just going to say just even with people that you know they can get it wrong as well you know i had it on very good authority that uh erling holland is going to real madrid i'm not going to say who told me because it, it would uh i don't get a bit complicated but it was someone who's who's very very well connected um, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, and obviously that didn't happen. Uh, which, yeah, look, which... what, people, what people forget or what people fail to accept or, or conveniently ignore sometimes when something doesn't happen, when someone says it may happen, is we all know, <laughs> not just only football, but it's, 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 it's fluid. There are fluid situations in all aspects of life and, and, and things like transfers are the most fluid and how many examples have we have we seen and experienced where something is nailed on so to speak and then something happens at the last minute you know Nabil Fakir being probably the most famous in recent times in terms of a Liverpool situation um, again I had it on very good authority that Shuamini was pretty much all agreed yet who was to guess and know or that Mbappe, who, by the way, was also an almost certainty to go to Real Madrid, happened to decide to happen to decide to stay at PSG, which no one predicted, and therefore Real Madrid gazumped our deal for Schumani. So this is it's one of those things that you know you have to take with a 
sometimes take it like sort of as it is you know you 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 actually just believe someone you don't there's no need to sort of take it personally to troll someone over them or or think that people are doing it for for any other purpose as opposed to just keeping the LFC fan base sort of slightly informed and ahead of the game it's not i don't consider it sort of and doing any harm so to speak yeah, and it's just, I don't know, it's just something to talk about, isn't it? As you said at the start of the show. It's content, just, just Owen. Like, it's content, like absolutely. talking about football. So it's just something like, you know, well, I've heard this or I've heard that. I mean, yes. Absolutely. And how, many times have we, how many times do we, would we sit in a, in a pub, cafe, bar, restaurant and say, oh, Owen, have you heard, or I've heard, Owen, player X is moving to the, really? Oh, yeah. Really? How do you know that? Oh, well, you know, just someone knows someone. And that's it. So... I'd like to think I've taken that onto sort of a social media platform, which which I, I don't see any harm. And until anyone tells me it is harming or damaging to any club dealings, uh, as the case may be, I'll continue to do so. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they're just rumours. And transfers happen in, in the heads of the players involved as much as anything else. I mean, you mentioned Kylian Mbappe, for example. Um, here's someone who, you know, maybe just decide, just had a change of heart and thought, you know what, I, I'm, I'm at my hometown club. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay here. But okay, let's let's do the last question because we're running out of time, unfortunately. Although I would love to, you know, stay here all day. I've got things to do, uh, as I'm sure you do, Chris. But uh, thank thank you so much for for your time. Um, just the last question with our rivals and things. I mean, especially Man City. Um, they brought in Holland, but they let Gabriel Jesus, uh, Sterling, and Zinchenko go. Um, I wonder if it's wishful thinking, or if you think that City will be weaker this year, and you know Liverpool can actually, you know, win the league again. Um, do you think that you know maybe? Maybe there's another rival that will come from nowhere. You know, Spurs have strengthened; they're looking good under Conte. Um, They've had a good preseason as well. I don't know. Is it, do you think Liverpool are going to do it this year with the, with the Premier League? Uh, you know, because that's the one that I really want. I mean, maybe you really want the Champions League again. I don't know. But what do you think about Liverpool's success, basically, for this coming season? How optimistic are you feeling? Um, I'm more optimistic than I was last season. Um and a few, and then some people may be a bit surprised at that after, after the the exit of Sadio Mane, uh, but I genuinely think, I genuinely think we're in a good state in terms of mentality-wise, health-wise, of course, barring the Jota situation. Um, but overall, and, and again, um, sort of reiterating what you said about the Man City sales and the exits, I think people are not realizing. How important, how integral Sterling, Jesus, and Zinchenko and Fernandinho behind the scenes were to Man City. That's a lot of experience. That's a lot of titles. That's a lot of games won from unlikely situations, positions. That's a lot of players that have changed games for, for Pep Guardiola. I know he's brought in Alvarez, unknown quantity. I know he's brought in Haaland. Pretty much a certainty to score goals. Calvin Phillips is coming from a, of a team where he's fighting relegation. 
it's a total different mentality from having Fernandinho. Even though he was half the player, he he, he was um, obviously in his younger days. Fernandinho's experience behind the scenes, uh, very much like James Milner for us, is is you can't quantify that that type of experience around the squad. So that encourages me that they won't be as good, as strong, as consistent. And I think we will be as equally as consistent. So therefore, it gives me a bit more optimism this season than I was. I genuinely thought Man City are probably favourites last season. And obviously, it, so it turned out just by the smallest of margins. This time round, I think we are favourites in my head, at least. It's a wonderful answer, and we're going to we're going to end on that optimistic note. I mean, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, we have to remember Virgil Van Dijk. He wasn't himself until January, after that horrific injury uh, last season, and now he's he's like he's back. He's had six months of preseason, if you like, and uh, I think uh, yeah, Sadie will be missed. But if if our players stay fit, especially I would say Fabinho, Thiago, Alcantara. Um, you know, these uh, we can we can uh, rock the entire planet once more. Um, thank you so much, Grid. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. I'm so glad we got time to do this. You're welcome back anytime you like. Uh, and uh, yeah, so just uh, I don't know. Thank you very much. Is there anything we've missed? Is there anything you would like to add or or anything like that? I don't know. Just thank no. you very much. No, I want to thank you very much for, for inviting me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. The time has absolutely flown by, which is a good sign. Um, you know, I, I just looked at the time now and 46, 46 minutes. Amazing. Um, but, yeah, it's been great. Wonderful. Thank you very much for having me on. Absolute pleasure. And go and check out Grizz, Grizz's channel if you haven't yet. There, Grizz Khan on YouTube and, uh, you know, 90 minutes and, and these kind of things as well. But uh, follow Grizz on, on Twitter and do do all that good stuff thank you very much for watching those of you who are, have been here but with, with your comments thanks to all of you uh you know on youtube and everybody listening at home as well take care you'll never walk alone and we'll see you soon bye bye <laughs>